Hey listeners, it's Ryan from the Big Ed Idea Podcast. So I'm curious, are you as excited about these in-person conferences being back as I am? Have you heard about the 2022 Teach Better Conference this October 14th and 15th in Akron, Ohio? I definitely love my Teach Better family, so I am super excited to share a pretty cool opportunity for you to save $50 on tickets. Head over to www teachbetterconference.com forward slash register and use the code IDEA2022. Who knows? Maybe I will see you there. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and a podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome to the Big Ed Idea Podcast, a podcast for those looking to change the world through education. Each week, we bring you a new idea, however big or bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now here's your host, our dad, Ryan Scott. Bienvenidos a mis oyentes al podcast Big Ed Idea. Welcome, 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 Big Ed Idea podcast listeners. If you didn't know, um, I speak a little Spanish. Um, actually, I am on day 217 on Duolingo. And so I thought I would just take a moment and just show you my skills. Um, no, actually, I use Google Translate and I put it in there and I just read it off. So, But, but anyway, um, having said that, I am super excited to welcome um, a young lady onto the Big Ed podcast that, honestly, I don't know why I haven't had her on here yet. Um, We have known each other since the early days of COVID. Um, I was just telling her, you know, if it hadn't been for her and some of the folks at um, teachbetter.com and some of the folks on the Men and Ed Facebook group, I can guarantee you without a doubt, I would not be where I am today. Um, I know, you know, some of you out there, I don't know what your experience was like during COVID, um, but it was really rough for me, uh, especially when you're a guy that's that's very student-centered and you're in a building suddenly with no students for seven months. You're like, what do I do? Um, so what I did was I connected with some amazing people, and this young lady was one of them, and I'm super happy uh, to welcome her, although I think her last name should really be said differently. Uh, you may know her as Jillian Dubois, but I think it should be Jillian Dubois, um, you know, because it is French. But so Jillian Dubois, um, thank you for being on the Big Ed Idea podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. So, yeah, I'm, there there is always a debate about my last name, and I don't think that it, I'd always say I answer to anything because it's not really right or wrong either way you look at it. And I, the way I kept it was easy for my kids, my, sure. for my second grade students. So they didn't have to go. I don't know how to say your name. Yeah. They don't, you know, our school was like, don't call her Mrs. D you got to call her her whole name. So, you know, I said, okay, guys, it rhymes with two boys. Right. And so they always remembered it. Two so, boys. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So if you are listening out there and if you've been um, somehow maybe living in a closet for, say, the last two years, you probably don't know who Jillian is. But 
Um, so I'm going to let you know, Miss Jillian is a mama first and foremost. She is a wife. Um, she is a repurposed elementary educator from beautiful Clearwater, Florida. She is a children's author and illustrator, now professional learning guide at Forward Edge. And I think this is the most important thing. She is a fellow okra connoisseur. So um, Jillian, um, I love uh, your bio because you do a little bit of everything. But like I told you, the best thing about you is that you love fried okra as much as I do. Definitely. <laughs> now, do you love okra gumbo? Yes, absolutely. Okay, I, I like any kind of okra, but yeah, fried right. okra is my preferred um, means of eating. Okay, so if anybody out there happens to own a movie theater, I've got a million dollar idea for you. Um, and I'm serious. So when this, when you do this and you, you, know, you start raking in the money, um, you can call me and thank me, but here's what you need to do. So you need to offer popcorn, but also you need to offer fried okra because um, there would be nothing better than going to watch a movie, Top Gun, and get a bag of fried okra. Mmm, my Lord. What do you think? You know, I, I think I would agree with that. And I'm a pretty purist um, movie snack person. Like it's got to be either plain popcorn or, you know, plain candy, it can't be any of this fancy schmancy stuff. But if you threw in some fried okra, that, that might change the game. Right. I told you. So if you're listening, I told you, Jillian says, so let's do it. So um, Jillian, you and I were talking prior to hitting that record button. And, you know, we were talking about all this COVID stuff and we were, I think the, the theme that kind of we kept coming back to is just the connections that we made. And so one of the big things that I really try to model on this podcast is just my sincere idea that you got to connect first before you can jump into the content. Um, we know what the content is of this podcast. It's what your idea is. Um, but before we do that, I want my listeners to know a little bit more about who you are. Um, we know, you know, you're a okra connoisseur. We know you're an author. We know you're an illustrator. Um, but I want to know a little bit more about you. So I've got a couple questions to ask you, and then you're going to throw them back at me. Okay, let's do that it. Sound good? All right. Okay. So my first one, um, and I'm going to go kind of deep right out the gate. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and just so you know, she does not, she does not know what these questions are. I have not sent them to her. So this is off the cuff, true stuff. So Miss Jillian Du Bois, one thing you would change about yourself. Mm. Is deep. We're going to get vulnerable here. Okay, so I would change overthinking everything. I am a huge, I call myself a recovering overthinker. Yeah. Um, and just one little example, my husband and I both took an Enneagram test on okay. Sunday. Um, we were just sitting there and we're like, Hey, you know what, let's just do this Enneagram thing and see where we are. And neither one of us like believed the test results. We're like, no, mm -mm, that's not us. That's not me. That's not you. Let's analyze this a little bit. Further. I mean, so we spent two hours <laughs> looking at every single point, you know, oh, well, you're, you know, you're a, you're a nine and I'm a six and I just don't. 
and it was just like, why, who cares? Yeah. I, I'm me, you're you. We've been together for 30 some years. Um, nothing's going to change that. That's I'm right. not training a new. <laughs> so, right, right. No, it's just, you know, things like that little thing, everything. Um, I just overthink it all. Um, yeah. I think the anxiety sometimes, if I could change that, it'd be golden. But you know what? I learned from it too. So. That's right. Yeah, mine, mine is along that lines and, and it's imposter syndrome. Um, mm-hmm. just that, just that fact that you're never good enough, you know, the space that you in, why are you in that space? And, um, I've learned over the course of COVID that your brain's primary function is to protect you. And so a lot of the time your brain speaks those negative thoughts. So to keep you from going out on a limb and getting hurt. Um, and so when I start to have those, I'm like down brain, stay away. You know, I try to speak like Gandalf that doesn't happen. Um, so, okay. My second question, what is your, okay. I'm asking you this selfishly. Um, you may know some of my folks out there may know, but I'm in the middle of writing a book right now. And, um, my first four chapters just rolled out of my head and I'm on this fifth chapter and it is like, Oh gosh. And so what is your go-to productivity trick? Um, I heart dump. So explain that. Yeah. Yeah. In anything, I stop what I'm doing. If I have thoughts rolling around in my head and I know it's something I either want to get into a book or a blog or a podcast, I go to my Google drive and I open up a new document and I put the date of the heart dump and I just start just, I just write, I just type out everything, everything I'm feeling, everything I'm thinking, everything. And then it's something I can go back to. It's kind of like keeping a journal, but yeah. it's so much easier. I, I mean, I love journals. I love just regular paper and spiral journals. But when I'm actually putting thoughts together for productivity or for you know writing books or whatever, it's it's got to be somewhere where I can see it in one place. So yeah. I love Google Drive. Thank the good Lord for Google Drive every day because. Um, and I just, I dump. And if it's two o'clock in the morning and my melatonin is sky high and I get up and write. So it just, just depends. I can add to it. I can take away and eventually start, you know, you organize things as it comes. And sometimes you get rid of it and sometimes you keep it. And so. Okay. I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you, I've got a, a hint of jealousy because, um, I was listening to you talk about the way that you wrote uh, Road to Awesome. And you said that you just jumped up out of the middle in the middle of the night and you started writing and you got a hold of Darren Peppard and you're like, I got this idea. Um, So, yeah, I'm really jealous because when I write, I've got to get in the like, like I have to work out. Okay, then I have to go sit down, got to put my headphones in. I got to dial in some good music. Like if I don't do those things, I don't know if it's like a, like the routine of it or something. So I just want you to know, I love you, but I'm jealous of you. (laughs) Well, and it doesn't happen like that all the time. So that's just my best productivity. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm going to try this. Other things too, but you know, it's, it doesn't. So like right now I, I transitioned into a different sector of education and I'm blogging um, for the organization that I'm with. And I sat there in front of the computer the other day and I just like stared at it. Yeah, like, man, that sucks. Uh, 
I don't know what to say, you know? So, and I have to realize, you know, as a teacher and educator, all those years, it was go, 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 go. You know, when you're sitting down at, you know, you're working remotely, you're at home and you're, you have bigger projects to do. It's like, you have to realize, okay, I can slow my brain down a little bit. I can breathe. I'm not going hundred miles an hour. I may be going 40 miles an hour and that's okay. So again, the whole overthinking thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just listen, next time that happens, open up that Google doc and just heart dump, heart dump, that's heart it. dump. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Miss Jillian, what two questions do you have for me? Well, I must say mine are not quite as deep. They are very surface. <laughs> and that's okay. I'm good with that. She did not specify um, no. what kind of questions to come up with. Um, okay, so number one, do you eat salt on watermelon? Yes or no? So, okay, so I am from Kentucky, but I'm not that Southern. No, I don't. You mean you don't watermelon? I do not. I do not. And honestly, honestly, I don't eat a lot of watermelon. My dad, every time we go to his house, has got a watermelon. Like anytime, anytime we have a family function, my dad's got watermelon. Um, I mean, it's good. I love it. Like after a good run, like that's awesome. But I'm not a huge watermelon fan. So sorry to hear that. Yeah. Sorry. But I don't put salt on mine either. Okay. Oh, next question. Okay. See, very surface. Um, okay. In a theme park, are you a rider? Like, you rider of rides or are you a roamer? Do you just walk around? Okay. So, okay. I'm going to answer that. So I'll, I'll, so, okay. I'll be honest. I have the patience. I, I don't have patience. I don't know an animal that doesn't have patience, but if there's an animal that doesn't have patience, that's me. Um, and so if I walk up to a ride and there's like 10 people, nope, not waiting. I'm just not. And um, so like I would, I'll be, I'll be honest. One of my favorite things to do at theme parks is to people watch. Um, I love walking around and looking at the people. Um, what's, it's really funny. When I was in high school, a buddy of mine used to, used to go to Denny's and drink coffee um, and just look at the people and try to, and we talk about like, okay, that person over there, we'd make up a story of like what their life was like based on and so that's kind of one of the things that I like to do is just look at people and try to think, okay, what their life is like, or, you know, what type of person they are, which I know is probably not the best thing. It's really judgmental or maybe it's really about them. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I'm a roamer. I'm a roamer. What about you? Yeah, I'm a roamer. I used to be a writer, but I think like 20 years ago, I just, I couldn't write anymore. Sure. Like I'm done. Sure. Especially roller coasters. Ooh. Sure. Sure. Okay. So that was two for two. Um, now I've got a section that's called what's up at the Scott house. And to be honest, this is one of my favorite because it lets me see what's going on right now in the Dubois household. Um, and so I asked you to come up with three words. I've got three of my own. And so I'm going to tell you what my three are, and then I'll go into a little bit of deep detail. Um, number one, orientation. Number two, goodbye. And number three, ribs. 
Um, so orientation today, I actually was able to go through orientation for my brand new spanking job with Evansville Vanderburg School Corporation. And so I got to sit and go through all of that cool medical and retirement and benefits and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, one thing you may not know, I'm transitioning from Kentucky to Indiana, and I have 15 years in Kentucky retirement, and I'm transitioning to Indiana, and I'm quite honestly taking a leap of faith. Um, my feeling, okay, God is leading me here. Things are going to work out. Um, and so I'm kind of just putting it in his hands. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, you know, because it's about changing lives anyway, it's not working to retirement. Um, my second one, goodbye, uh, because as I transition into, I also have to transition out of, and I will say my last three years at Webster County High School has been just freaking awesome. Um, I left the world of elementary for 12 years and went to the big bad world of high school, and something I learned right off the bat was high school kids are exactly like elementary kids. They're just smellier and hairier. Um, they love the same things. They love passing, you know, when you pass candy out to them, um, they all want to see value. They all want to be valued, seen and heard. Um, and so if anybody from my Webster County family are listening, you know, like we like to say, once a Trojan, always a Trojan, I will definitely miss you. And then my third one is probably my favorite and it's ribs. Um, because as we are recording it, 4th of July is right around the, right around the corner. And one of the best thing about my father-in-law is the ribs that he makes. And so we are super giddy, like a schoolgirl, to be able to eat some ribs on the 4th of July. And that's my three. That is awesome. Yeah. Ribs. We're big barbecue. Mm. Heck yeah. Barbecue brisket. Sauce barbecue or no ribs. sauce? Um, I don't prefer sauce, okay. um, but my, okay. Okay. Tells me a lot about you. <laughs> Fried okra and no sauce. That's right. So what are your three <laughs> words, Jill? Hey, um, my three words are FOMO. Mm. And I know it's more than three words because FOMO, FOMO. I have no idea what FOMO is. Yes, you do. Oh, I don't. I thought. Okay. I'm sorry. Homo, Uno, and Jomo. <laughs> You're going to bring Uno. All right, let's do it. What's FOMO first? Okay, so FOMO is an acronym for the fear of missing out. So um, this week, F-O-M-O. <laughs> you have, I can't believe you've never heard no, that. No, I've never heard that. I guess wow. I was FOMO'd. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're missing out. So this week is a really, really huge week um, for so many educators and leaders in education as they all congregated in um, in New Orleans for yeah. a big ACC conference. And you know, it's been really hard because, like you mentioned before, with you know Twitter and our social media platforms, we're connected to so many people mm -hmm. and we've never met them. Yeah, in right. Person. And this was one of those times when everybody is getting together and everybody is hugging and taking pictures and putting them all over social media. And it's like, oh man, I wish I could have been there. Um, and I was supposed to have a foot surgery, so I had to not travel. But anyway, so I had a little bit of FOMO this week and yeah, it's only Tuesday. I get it. So, 
Yeah. Um, okay. Uno um, mm -hmm. is, you know, that card game that everyone loves to hate. And um, tonight our family was, um, we actually, and I, we lost power. I just randomly lost power to our, our house in our neighborhood. And the lights went off, the oven had been on, we were cooking our food and everything just boom, done. And we're like, oh, well, this is nice. We can have family dinner. Let's, you know, dinner will be ready probably by the time because the oven's still hot. So let's play a few hands of Uno. And, and we did, it was so nice. We sat and we played Uno, my son, who's 24 and my husband and myself and the three of us. And we lit a candle and just kind of had a few hands. I won one. Good thing you lit that one. candle. I know. <laughs> Sidebar. And I said, okay, y'all, I know dinner is ready. Let's get dinner out. And we had made chicken cordon bleu and baked potatoes oh, and wow. roasted vegetables. I mean, yeah, we went all out. Tuesday nights are all out dinner at night, you know, usually um, when everybody's home. So we got, you know, got our dinner, got our plates, sat down by the candlelight, right? And uh, we started eating and we're chit-chatting about our day. And between the two men children who were <laughs> sitting on either side of me the bodily function <laughs> in the middle of dinner and it's like and I try my best to look disgusted and frustrated mm. because I'm like here we never eat together we're a family let's well, well families son, do you no know, and I guess it's like it's not what did I say I said it's all fun and games until somebody starts farting <laughs> and, this is like, oh no, it's all fun and games when. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Like, and my son falls on the floor. He's rolling on the floor, just like dying in hysterics, laughing at 24. So, but you will never say, forget. I guarantee never, you will never forget this night. Right. Never, never. For, and it was just like a comedy of errors. I mean, you and I were supposed to, like, I even like reached out to you, panicked, like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I just told you I was good to go and our power just went out and oh my goodness, we have, you know, and then all that started and, you know, I just, that's life. That's life. My, my third word is Jomo and I made it up because FOMO, the fear of missing out, Uno, the card game, Jomo is the joy. Ah, yes. So, I like I thought, you know what? And after all that was over and our power came back on and we could sit down and watch Jeopardy together like we do every night, like 85 year old people. Um, we both, you know, I just kind of looked at him and went, you know what? Had that not happened, yeah. we would not have laughed and had that release that we really all needed today because I was a little stressed just by not, you know, seeing other people's faces and hugs on, on uh, you know, social media all the things that happened today, you know, in other areas, but at the same time, it's like, we needed that. And I think that was just one of those purposeful, meaningful moments. Yes. The boys spoiled it a little bit, but I, I told my husband, I said, I admit, um, I kind of like overreacted just to get a rise out of my son because I knew he was having so much fun laughing. So, well, so, okay. You call it a Jomo. I call it a God wink. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, definitely one of those moments where, um, you know, God, God is like, things are good. Things are good. Yep. So awesome. I love it. Okay. Okay. So now that we know all about Uno, um, now that we know about bodily functions at the Dubois house, uh, 
Um, I am ready to jump into this uh, space, this education space now. And my absolute favorite question to always ask anybody is the origin story. Um, I'm a big superheroes guy, a big Marvel guy, a big, um, you know, Avengers type stuff. And so, you know, they all have an origin story, how they became who they became. And so I love to ask my guests, how did the world of education find Jillian Du Bois? Uh, that's such a great question. And I always love to tell this story because it just, it's, it's not just your traditional, oh, went to college, got a degree, went right into teaching. So no, it wasn't. I actually did not go into any kind of education until my son started school. And when he was in kindergarten, the kindergarten teacher said, you know, there's just, he's just not keeping up. He doesn't really, you know, get it. I think we need to hold him back. And I said, well, I said, I don't, I don't think so. Cause he was older anyway. And, um, I thought, no, let's, let's just keep, you know, we'll keep pushing them on and we'll see what happens. We work with them at home and, you know, we're a good support. We have a good support system here. And so it kind of started that way. And I started volunteering in the classroom. And then I started volunteering in the cafeteria and then they hired me to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You get the, the hair cafeteria. down? I did. Oh, sweet. Yes. Nice. Gloves, everything. It was awesome. I made the best peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And then, um, which can't even serve anymore. So Yeah, right. I was going to say that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and then I ended up working in the office and, you know, this whole time he's kind of going through, you know, his ages and stages and his second grade teacher finally at one point said, you know, um, I know you work here and I know I just want to be honest with you, but I think he really, you know, needs some testing. I think he's really struggling academically. And I'm like, well, you're really the first person that's ever told me that. So um, long story short, I um, in Florida about 20 some years ago, they, there was a shortage of teachers and kind of like there is now, and they would give anybody that had a four-year college degree, they would give you a um, professional teaching certificate if you took about, I think it was like 15 credit hours at the local um, college, um, junior college online. So I did it. Um, got a professional teaching license, was thrown into the classroom. Um, I taught third grade and it was perfect because my son was in the other third grade class. So I kind of knew what the Very expectations cool. were. Yeah. Yeah. On. Um, but I was the worst teacher, Ryan. I was terrible. I was that authoritarian because it was going back. You know, I didn't know anything. I'd yeah. never been in internship. I'd never been in school. I'd never heard what growth mindset was. And of course that was way before growth mindset. Yeah, but right, right. And um, I was just, nope, you sit down in your chair, you open your book, you copy what I'm doing on the board and, you know. But it's probably what you remembered from your own school. And it is yeah. exactly what I remembered. So, cause I was like, how do you do it any other way? Yeah, right. right? I mean, it's pretty easy. You open up a book and you teach a lesson and they do the work. So Not so um, much. So, it, no, no, right. And so I just kind of for four or five, well, that was a good, probably 10 years <laughs> that I, I mean, I did start to evolve and I had some great mentor teachers that kind of came beside me and were able to kind of give me, you know, some a different perspective, helpful perspectives. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. healthy perspectives. Um, so I did learn a lot, but those first probably three or four years were just like, I was burned out. I was like, I can't believe people do this. Um, it wasn't fun. 
So um, and at the same time, my son was struggling, you know, third grade, that pivotal year where it's just really, really difficult um, to move on if you kind of get stuck in third grade. So I just knew, you know, I just needed to keep doing this. So I kept teaching and evolving and changing and, you know, just kind of like opening up my mind a little bit and just trying to dig into my personality and what I, you know, I, you know, I'm like, this is not me. So I want to be who I am for yeah, these kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, so got me through when Austin was in seventh grade, got us through seventh grade and seventh grade. We just said, we can't do it anymore. Um, it was just too difficult for him. He had um, dyslexia, central auditory processing disorder, and um, was on the autism spectrum. And so it was just, yeah, so something's got to give. So I quit my job and I stayed home and homeschooled for five years. And it was the best five years of my life. And you talk about professional development. That was the best professional development I ever had because it was anywhere, anytime, any place, you know, how he learned, we learned together. Um, I remember I cheated my way through high school algebra when I was in high school. And um, yeah, so that was kind of like a God wink right there yeah, because yeah. I had to take it again. So here you are. Now you got to teach it. <laughs> Which I don't think uh, anybody really cares about um, algebra anymore, but um, you know, <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, that's right. You and Darren had that conversation. Yes, we did. We did. <laughs> okay. We won't go there. So anyway, um, stayed home the best uh, four years, five years of my life. And I remember when we told him, and it was just so cool. It was the, just a day that we had kind of like talked about it as a family, but my husband and I finally made that decision. No, I'm going to quit my job and come home and we're going to homeschool. And I remember thinking that he's such a social kid. I mean, he loved being, you know, around his friends. He loved being in the youth group. He loved, you know, this and that. And when we told him, he broke down in tears and I'm like, oh, buddy, I'm so sorry. I said, but this is just what's best for you. And he looked up at me. I'll never forget that look in his eyes. He looked up at me and he went, mom, he goes, I'm so happy. He oh, goes, wow. This is amazing. That and is we so get to cool. stay. I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, we're going to choose the curriculum ourselves. We're going to, and I remember when the box came full of curriculum and he dug it open and he was putting it all, organizing it all. And I mean, he was, you know, eighth grade. Who does that? Yeah. Um, but we got involved in co-ops and we did field trips and, you know, the best times were he would read his science book and his science lesson on the sitting on the back of a horse. We had a neighbor who owned some horses and that's where he wanted to be. So nine times out of 10, if you didn't know where he was, you'd sit on the that's back. That's a great of memory. Room. You know, so in, in that time, I completely transformed my my skills and my strategies of teaching and thinking and how kids need to learn. And everybody is so uniquely different. And I just was so grateful for that time because I, when I did go back, he graduated in 2016 and I went back into the classroom, a changed teacher. And I mean, just, and a changed mom. Um, but I went back and those were the best six, seven years I had ever spent as a teacher, just loving on those kids, finding where their strengths were, finding the things that we could, you know, help them with, 
you sit under, you want to sit under the, under my desk and read, you sit under my desk. Absolutely. And Whatever you need. Yeah. If you want to lay on the floor, lay on top of your desk, go get your backpack, use it as a pillow. I don't care. Yep. You know, and they were always so respectful of that. And I think because I allowed them to take those risks, I, I just tried to create the most safe space that I could. I'd created it for my son. How could I create it for 24 kids? You know, but you can do it. Yeah. You just you put your mind to it. And, and I tell you, I've made lifelong friends with, with not just kids, but with parents because you know, just the gratitude I've had just from parents going, why doesn't every teacher do this? Why can't they see that every child needs something different? And I'm like, we're trying. <laughs> we really are. Yeah. Yeah. There are some of us that are trying. There are quite yeah. a few of us that are trying out here. So, okay. So I've got to reflect on that. Number one, um, I, 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 I understand. I do understand my first five years. I was a horrible teacher. Um, I can say that now because I was like you said, nobody ever taught me anything about relationships or about how you build a classroom community or about how you do all of those things. I thought it was, you know, I'm, you can't see me out there, but I'm banging my fist on my hand. Like it's all about compliance. You sit in your, sit in your seat, you copy the board, you blah, 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 because that was what I was used to. Um, and so within that first five years, I tried to quit twice. Um, I joined the police force once, then I got full custody of my daughter. So I decided that was God's way of saying no. Then I applied for the state police force. And at that time I was with my wife now. Um, and she told me, Ryan, if you get this, we could move anywhere in the state. You are not doing it. Um, and so, you know, I listened to my God, um, which was my wife. Um, and so, yeah, I totally can relate to that. And then I, what I love probably the most about your story is that a lot of us and probably a lot of people that are listening can point to like one um, colleague of ours that really um, maybe lit a fire and, and, and had us look outside and helped us to grow the most. But you didn't have that. You had your actual son, which I think is so endearing and so just freaking awesome um, to know that. And I love that. I love that. Um, and, and I know already kind of what, about what your big idea is going to be. And so I want to segue a little bit into that, because I think this is a perfect kind of opportunity to do that. So talk to our listeners out there. What do you see? So you've got 20 plus years in the classroom, um, education space. What do you see as kind of, you know, a problem, um, with the way education is right now. Are you think you said you already knew what I was going to talk about? Yeah. Remember that Google form I had you fill out? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Actually, I've got form. my crystal ball over here. <laughs> yep. Oh, what did I put on that form? Because I have something different. Okay, well, let's let's do it then. Okay, what's your problem? Okay. Well, I think... And in all honesty, I believe that it is communication. Yeah, I hear that all the time. So it's communication between students and students, between students and educators, between educators and students, between educators and families, Yeah. between students and families. Yeah. Um, I think we have just lost so much of the talking 
of the actual face-to-face -face communication. And I know, you know, when COVID, you know, when we were in the pandemic times, it was very difficult, but I yeah. think it exacer exacerbated, exacerbated, whatever. the um, Made it worse. The, made it worse. Yeah. I think it made it worse. And I don't think we've been able to kind of get to that back to that plateau where it's like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. We can talk again. It just, so it's funny. Cause I really, I talk a lot. I speak a lot about joy and I know anybody that knows me <laughs> knows that I'm all about talking about joy, not happiness, not um, delight. I'm talking about that internal um, peaceful, radiant satisfaction that comes from lots of cultivation and lots of discipline. And we have to bring that back to the classroom. And I know it's hard. I know we're all tired and I know we're frustrated. And I know that there's so much exhaustion and so much burnout. And this was my last year of teaching um, and I left the classroom in May, but I am calling myself a, a repurposed educator because my purpose is to continue to help other educators and to help them with their professional learning and to you know, give them that grace and give them that flexibility and show them how it can be done. So I, you know, when I, so I say communicate with clarity that's my big, kind of my big megaphone moment. Okay, so I that's your idea. My big idea is to communicate with clarity. And I have three things to share under that. And I just shared that this week. I presented um, a virtual session um, at ISTE. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> on, this very, on this very same thing. Um, but the first one would be just to be human and approachable. Um, so many times as educators, we think, you know, oh, well, these parents, you know, they, and maybe it is that whole imposter syndrome too. You know, you don't want to think you're in, you know, you're in charge. You don't want anybody to think you're more than you're, you know, you are. And I think sometimes as teachers, we just need to get on the same playing field and we just need to be with families and go, Hey, you know, I, I struggle with the same things that you do. And I struggle with the same oh, children yes. that you do. <laughs> so I can't tell you how many families I've been able to, um, just as a, as a human testimony, be able to say, guys, I know what you're going through. My son went through the same thing. Can I yeah. share with you how we went, you know, we went through that and how we, you know, found the answers that we needed, you know, and it's just, so why don't we share that more often? Why aren't we just more human? Um, and not just with families, but with students too. The very first week of school, I always read a book um, to my students and it's called Rumple Buttercup. I always keep it on my desk, Rumple Buttercup. And it's written by Matthew Gray Gubler, who is an actor and a director for Criminal Minds of all things. Oh, wow. Um, but he just wrote this book and it's kind of an older book, um, but it's basically all about the joy of individuality and the magic of belonging. I need that and for my six-year-old. Yes. And for anybody, like high school kids would love yeah. this book. It's so super, super simple. Um, but it's all about being weird, being yourself, being an individual. And I read them the book and then we go on Flipgrid and I'm like, all right, you take your iPad and go wherever you want to go. And I want you to record yourself being weird for one minute. And they all do. 
we all come back together and we watch everybody's that wants to be watched because some of them don't. And, and we just laugh and that just sets the tone that for a whole year. And so cool. Usually I read it again, halfway through (laughs) or, and I send the parents the link. I'm like, Hey, if your book, you know, your student comes home and talks about this book, you can order on Amazon, you know, and so share those with it, you know, share it with them, be human, be approachable. That's one. Um, Sharing with mindfulness. I think, you know, the reason we communicate and we want to communicate with clarity is because we want that trust and respect to grow. And we want them to understand that we are there for their kids. And and we are, we're on the same team. We're not playing against you. We are playing with you. Um, So I always, and when I say with mindfulness, sometimes you have to tailor the message to the audience. Um, you know, sometimes you have to kind of know when to back off and not say too much, but, you know, to over communicate sometimes is okay. Yeah. Just depending on what, you know, as long as you're speaking directly and with a lot of kindness. So, and I always just, you know, again, the whole mindful thing, I even, you know, share, I worked at a Christian school, so we were able to do a lot of the faith-based things mm-hmm. together. Um, but then I would also, so, you know, I'd pray for them or, you know, send them little verses, you know, in my little newsletters every week, but then there would be little things like, Hey, this is a really cool website where, um, we're going to be watching it every day in the classroom and they're eagles and they lay their eggs and they build, they build their nest, lay their eggs and their babies hatch. And we're going to watch them grow up and they fledge. Well, I haven't even fledged it. We started watching them in February. It's explore.org. And we started watching them in February and I still am emailing my families because I'm like, did you see, like, they're still like, you know, they're now they're leaving the nest. They're starting to fly around the meadow. And it's just, you know, it's just one of those things. So it's like one of those things that just kind of community brings your community together, even though you don't, you don't see them. I didn't see my parents this year. Um, But there's, you know, as long as you kind of find a little bit of commonality that'll draw you together, I think that brings that mindfulness into play. Um, and then the last thing is nurture your respondability and respondability is uh, word smash for, uh, my one word 2022. So, and it's basically just responding with responsibility, um, not reacting, um, making time to respond, making sure that you're responsible and accountable with how you're responding. Wait time is okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are times we all just have to sit back and go, okay, well, let's take a hot minute and I'm not going to respond to that email um, until, you know, I sit back and just take a few breaths and think about it and think about my tone. What, how am I going to respond? And sometimes it's the next day and that's okay. So, (laughs) so yeah, so those three things. And I think, you know, just having that joyful mindset and that you know, communicating with clarity is such an important thing, but you do have to, you do have to discipline. You have to use, you have to discipline that clarity and you have to discipline that joy if you're going to use it in the correct manner. Oh, I definitely, so to reflect on this, yeah. uh, Communication is absolutely something that I feel like is becoming a lost art. Um, I mean, just look, just working in the high school setting, the number of, of kids that don't feel comfortable with a face-to-face um, and would much rather text, but I think that's across all generations now. Um, we've kind of lost that. We're social, we're social creatures. And I think during COVID when we weren't 
able to be social creatures that had so many mental health repercussions. Um, so I really appreciate these three kind of tips. Be human and approachable. 1000% agree. Um, I definitely believe Brene Brown talks a lot about being vulnerable. Um, I believe 100% being vulnerable with my with my, with my students, with my staff, with my parents. Um, I think sometimes in education, we come off as bougie. Um, you know, we've got the degrees, the parent doesn't, so you need to listen to me. Um, I really tried to tell my story of how I got into where I'm at. And I have, and I, and I have to remind myself a lot that if things hadn't happened just a little bit differently, I would probably be in the same boat as a lot of my parents. Um, so yes, I think number one, be human. Absolutely. We are in the human business. Um, number two, sharing with mindfulness, being very uh, cognizant of when you're sharing, making sure it comes out correctly, making sure your audience is receiving it the way you intend it. Um, I know I have a tendency sometimes of just acting and not thinking sometimes, and it comes out in a manner I did not expect it to. Um, so definitely that's something I need to work on. And then that third one, I love the word respondability. Um, I, I'm trying to spell it out. I hope I spelled it correctly, but nurture your respondability. Um, so you have a responsibility to respond correctly. Is that about right? I like making up words. Can yeah, you tell I me? like that. Yeah, you're a wordsmith, a word ninja. Sweet. Yeah, that's it. That's three things. And you know, it's funny. I've gotten away from even writing or typing up as many emails or texts to parents in the past as I would just video myself. I would yeah. just sit here, like sitting here with you now, and I would like. Yeah just shoot them a little three, five minute video. Hey, here's what's going on this week. And let me just tell you, this has not been an easy week for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. what's, you know, going down at my house and you know, I don't tell them everything, but you know, when you can be real with them a little bit and you know, you've got, you know, messy clothes in the back behind you and <laughs> you know, then it's, it's okay. Yes. yes. I just, that vulnerability, sometimes you need to see it in your face you know, they don't hear it in your tone through an email or a text. So seeing it, hearing it, um, feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely agree on that vulnerability. 100,000%. Um, and I love the video idea because sometimes words, especially the way you type them can get miscommunicated. Um, yeah. so when, you know, when you can see my expression, you can see, my eyes, you can see my face, uh, it comes off a little bit differently. Um, so yeah, I love that, love that, love that, love that. Um, okay, so Miss, and I'm gonna slow down because I asked you if your first name was one or three syllables and you said three. So I'm gonna make sure Jillian, um, I appreciate you so stinking much for finally coming on my podcast. I, I apologize, I should have asked you a year ago. Um, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the Big Ed Idea podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. Because it's just, it's like we're just sitting just chatting like old friends. And really, I mean, it's, 
it's so like surreal because you're talking to somebody that you've only known online, right? Yeah. And like so many of us, thousands of us yeah. are going through the same thing, but there's just so much heartfelt connection between uh, these relationships. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this next year's ISTE. I don't know where it's going to be at, but I'm going to do my best to be there. Yes. Awesome. And I will, um, I'll have a deck of Uno cards ready, please, but yes. no bodily functions. <laughs> oh, bring it on. Bring it on. Oh, Jillian, Jillian Dubois. I appreciate you so very much. Um, so for these people out there that want to uh, maybe get a hold of you, connect with you, buy some of your books, because we didn't even talk about that, but she is an awesome children's author and illustrator. So if anybody out there wants to look all that stuff up and maybe connect with you, how might they go, uh, go um, about doing that? Oh, well, they can um, actually find me on, I'm on Twitter pretty much all the time. So it's Jill Dubois 22. And um, I have a website. It's uh, impartedjoy.com. And there you'll find, gosh, probably everything, books, blog, podcast, story, everything. At all of the, joy. And all of the above. All of the above. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll put all of that in the show notes for you guys um, that may might be driving that doesn't have a pin or whatever. But uh, as always, it has been a absolute pleasure to have my guest Jillian um, Du Bois on the Big Ed Idea podcast. And for you, the listeners, once again, thank you so much for spending your time on this um, because we know time is finite. Time is a precious commodity. And so just the simple fact that you chose to spend uh, about an hour with us tonight or this morning really means a lot to both of us. If you happen to have a Big Ed Idea podcast idea that you want to talk about, please hit me up. Uh, Twitter's probably the best, and that is at Ryan C. Scott 1981. You can also find my website, ryanscotted.com. And um, other than that, just, uh, I don't know, shoot me a text or something. But anyway, thank you very much. And we appreciate you. We love you. And like my grandpa, Big John Janoski, used to always say, until next time, I will see you in the funny paper. Thank you for hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion, and together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper. <laughs>